this is it. The end to the era of sloth. Gone from my stories will be the advanced cyber city inhabitants and, of course, Morpheus, the prince of sloth. I really want to get this over with since I have a lot more that I need to get onto, and I'll be introducing some new characters down the road, some of which I think you'll really enjoy. So, with that said, I think it's time we finish this off. Let's get started. Okay, 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 okay. What do you mean I need to hide? Um, okay, come on. But time wasn't exactly on their side, as the elevator door in the hallway already opened. Jack, thinking quickly, however, threw away his hat, throwing on his sloth gear, just as Morpheus stepped through the archway, adjusting his overall height. He was now no bigger than Jack or Cynthia. Ah, Doctor, good to see you. It was then that Morpheus saw Jack and the mess of medical kits everywhere. What's with all this for? And who's this? I didn't know you were into romance. Cynthia's face burned with confusion. Uh, what? She gasped, but Jack cleared it all up. Oh, terribly sorry, sir. I'm not her boyfriend. My name's Evan. Evan Ryder. Morpheus nodded. Hmm. Very well, Ryder. Perhaps you could explain what these medical kits are for. Oh, these. Jack nodded, quick in his response. The med kits are for me. I was severely wounded in the accident at work. He held up one of his legs, showing all the bandages. Dr. Cynthia became trapped in the building, but she helped me escape. I waited, and she, unlike the firefighters and police, took me back here and patched me up, good as new. Morpheus nodded and shook hands with the enemy in disguise. You seem quite knowledgeable about sloth and your surroundings. Mind filling me in on when you came here, Evan? Cynthia was petrified beyond all hope, unsure of what to do next. Uh, Cynthia, are you joining us, or will you just stand there? The doctor snapped back to reality, seeing Jack and Morpheus out on the deck. Oh, yeah, sure. Morpheus noticed a change of vocabulary. You seem shaken up. Is everything all right? Dr. Cynthia quickly picked up the game. Yes, I'm fine. Just startled from what happened. Morpheus nodded. I see. Well, I'd better be off. The big man demands results on that Sin Hunter fellow from earlier. Jack and Cynthia waved to Morpheus as he left, but as soon as the mollusk closed the door, he put a tentacled finger to his earpiece. Yes, I found the Sin Hunter. How? Quite simple. Morpheus powered on his fishhook, seeming to fill the hallways as he walked back toward the elevators. Those elevators were all off, and no one could have used them to get up or down. And I don't recall having anyone on staff named Evan Ryder. Call security, have them find him, change his locks, and clean out his accommodations if possible. It's time we ended this charade. Morpheus then switched to an earpiece connection, hooking up to the weather forecasts. Tomorrow was the day of enlightenment. The day it all stopped raining. Yes, tomorrow. Yes, tell security to keep anybody visiting. Jack hurriedly put his fedora and bulletproof armor on, throwing his trench coat over everything. I can't get out of here fast enough, he muttered. Dr. Cynthia just came back in when she saw the sin hunter stepping out into her hallway. Excuse me, what are you doing? she asked, clearly confused about the situation. Jack turned around, his amethyst eyes blazing. Morpheus is hot on my trail. As much as I'd love to stay and chat, I'm not putting your life in danger by doing so. And after the whole corporation's thing, you're on thin ice as is for helping me escape. Dr. Cynthia sighed. Fine, I can't stop you from getting out of here. But how do you get to the other rings? The elevator's gone and Lucifer's on his way down. I can hitch a ride on that one. Once everyone's out, take it down to Gluttony. Jack loaded his exorcist pistols and stopped. It was nice getting to talk to you, Dr. Cynthia. 
Jack closed the door and then turned into a dead sprint down the hallway. But as he ran, the rain slowly began to cease, revealing something far more fascinating to wonder about. As soon as the Sin Hunter exited the building, out onto the Cyber Plaza, he saw the skies above clearing, and flowers on the trees in the mountains seemed to glow brighter than ever before. Jack looked all around and then spotted the tunnel taking citizens to the elevator. Without hesitation, he surged forward, old memories flooding his senses. The Sin Hunter used the alleyways and secret roads to his advantage, clipping through everything he could find that didn't involve contact with someone or something else. He finally found the exit tunnel and waited, crouching low to the ground and using his fedora to flatten himself out. He spied through a small crack in between ground and cloth, people walking around in the sunlight. He wanted so desperately to go out and explore, maybe even set up his own world to escape to, but he knew that as long as Lucifer was hunting him, these people, these surprisingly wonderful people, were in harm's way, including Dr. Cynthia. Jack shook the thought from his head as the elevator doors dinged far away. Lucifer, ten guards, and some kind of alchemist wizard strode down the tunnel, observing everything that moved. Jack flattened, his heart racing. Alright, Sin Hunter, I'm gonna need you for this one. Wait till they pass, then mad dash for the door. Ready? Good. Lucifer was greeted by Morpheus, and they engaged in conversation. Jack couldn't hear what was happening, but he did see Dr. Cynthia up on a silver rooftop, wearing a fedora and a trench coat. That's weird. It's raining. What is she? Jack began to think when his heart stopped. She was going to get herself killed. Oh. My. God, that's not happening. Dr. Cynthia opened fire on the guards below, taking down two and then running. The guards quickly followed, and Lucifer and Morpheus hurried after them. The alchemist, however, stood at the doorway, their face vacant and expressionless, beneath a plague doctor's mask. Jack charged forward, sliding through a small pocket and sliding under the alchemist's attack. Sir, we have a pro- they yelled before Jack plugged the royal cloak with scarlet red. Lucifer turned around and gasped as he knew what had happened. What? But then who's- Lucifer didn't hesitate to ponder his next actions, and instead he ran after Jack, swinging his scepter around his symbol's pulse. If that's not the one I seek, then why does he run? Jack turned, if only for a microsecond, and fired, smacking the King of Hell off his feet. Lucifer sat up, clutching his head and dazed. Jack was at the Golden Door's freedom, whispering down his back. But as he touched the keypad, he stopped. Cynthia shall be killed, he thought. Jack quivered violently, looking between the sunlight and mountains and the elevator, with savory smells and golden towers expanding before him. I told you, you and your empathy. Jack turned and sprinted back towards the city, stamping over Lucifer and knocking him out cold. Sorry, King, but I'm in a rush. Jack sat up. Lucifer sat up, then immediately got his face stamped into the glass floor. He only saw the dizzying heightens of the mountain far below before he collapsed, unconscious. Meanwhile, Dr. Cynthia had looped back around after kicking Morpheus backwards, and after luring the guards into a trap. She ran towards the tunnel and smacked into the actual Sin Hunter. Her jacket and hat fell off, and Jack quickly helped the confused doctor up. What were you thinking? You could have been killed! I'm coming with you whether you like it or not, Buster. I just needed an opening. But on the round trip home, Lucifer had regained consciousness, and now stood as a gatekeeper, dragon wings sprouting from beneath his rumpled white suit. Jack pulled out both of his pistols and blasted at the Demon King, but Lucifer swept forward, throwing Jack off balance and smacking him into the glass tunnel. Dr. Cynthia fell backwards and found her hand on one of Jack's exorcist pistols. She swiveled around, down on one knee and ready to battle. Lucifer laughed a truly hollow and terrifying laugh. You foolish child. Do you expect me to be afraid of you? Really? Dr. Cynthia returned the laughter. Nah, but I do expect you to be afraid of this. She pointed the gun up at the roof and fired, breaking the hole through the ceiling. The remaining puddles of acid rain tumbled down and slammed into Lucifer, burning and crushing him to the floor. What the- ah! 
There was a sickening crash and then some hissing of steam. Jack sat up feeling a golf ball sized bump somewhere on his body. He rolled over and saw the doctor standing in front of Lucifer, breathing heavily. Jack quickly scrambled to his feet, grabbed Cynthia's hand, and then sprinted for the elevator with guards and Morpheus not far behind. Jack slammed the elevator doors closed right as a crash rang through the small gold box. Morpheus, in an attempt to stop the duo, had hurled his fishhook straight at them. Now he stood on the plexiglass flooring outside, hammering against the doors with his metal fists. Had Jack not moved out of the way, they both surely would have been killed. Jack pressed a strange, ornately carved wooden knob, and the elevator slowly descended into the next ring, Gluttony. After escaping from the haunting technology in the Prince of Sloth, Jack now had a partner in work, and he was ready for whatever came next. Part 2. Gluttony, the Natajek, and the Mohoa. Lucifer finally recovered, feeling the sensitive parts of his body, which was half of his face. Thankfully, curses and spells had saved him from the worst of the damage, but he was still stuck with some flesh burned away from the acid. He slowly got to his feet, staggering here and there, and he began walking toward the group at the opening of the elevator. He walked up to the much bigger Morpheus, and then collapsed from the exhaustion at his feet. Morpheus turned to see the severely injured King of Hell, and he scooped Lucifer up, throwing him over his ironclad shoulder. Everyone come with me. I have a quick call to make, and then I'll be right with you. Once the guards and soldiers were settled in, Morpheus pulled forth a hologram on his desk. The lights in his office dimmed, and the windows darkened. He scrolled through names and such, until finally he reached the perfect name for a job. Azazel, the Prince of Wrath. Just a side note, Vivzipop, aside from Osmodius, the only person I won't be mentioning throughout this story, has not taken the proper care to express the six princes of hell. So, this is pretty much territory for myself and my new assistant in writing, Audrey, who are working on this. Morpheus flicked the hologram on, and he was met with a distorted figure, sitting in a throne made of bones and polished wood. Two giant black and white striped horns rested through his cowboy hat, and his silver and lined purple and red cowboy gear fluttered slightly in the high noon breeze. Azazel, old friend, how goes your reign over the imps in wrath? Azazel shifted his gaze up, revealing two hazardous-looking serpent eyes, but he spoke with a low and southern-type accent, swishing a small toothpick in between his teeth. Well, I'm doing just fine on my own right about now. What are you up to as of this date? Morpheus sat back, struggling to take things serious with the accent. Fine, I suppose. The weather and view are incredible in sloth this time of year. But never mind that. Tell me, are you still involved in that whole killing business of yours? Azizel spun around in his chair, his barbed, striped purple tail swishing back and forth. I'm listening, but what's the reward? Don't work for free, you know. Morpheus smiled through his tentacle beard, and his eyes flickered with light from the grand outside of sloth. He had since moved outside and was inspecting everything there, while scientists and workers enjoyed frolicking and spending their 24 hours of peace to themselves. Well, tell me, my dear bandit-killing comrade, what do you know about the Sin Hunter? Jack and Dr. Cynthia rode the elevator for a short amount of time, and when the doors finally clicked open, they were greeted by mountains. Well, less than sloth, of course. And as figured, trees. Trees, jungles, waterfalls, and a tropical yet Aztec culinary flair. Cities arose from the thick forest with columns of smoke pouring into the air from chimneys and furnaces. The sin under tipped his hat down and grabbed the doctor's hand, to which she trembled slightly. Uh, what are you doing? And are we sure there's no one around? This, doctor, is not what you think it is. Have the jungle hills really befuddled you this much already? Dr. Cynthia shook herself awake. Sorry, heat of the moment, I guess. 
Jack sighed and started walking forward, his boots crunching on branches and leaves. Stick close, because despite our current situation, the two entered the forest while far in the distance you could see torches weaving through the trees towards their destination. We're not out of the woods just yet. 